electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod, we're bracing for the worst market week since March of 2020, but one billionaire investor is looking ahead to brighter skies. I want something positive, and I love Ron Barron. I don't think of him as a market timer. I think about him as like a futurist. Still not all a rosy picture. We're hitting U.S. inflation and record high gas prices with California Congressman Ro Khanna. Long term, what's really going to bring price stability is more of the diversification of our energy sources. Those stories today, plus Elon talks to the tweeps. And we're celebrating the black influencers in finance with CNBC's Frank Holland ahead of Juneteenth weekend. The crowd here in Philadelphia isn't cheering for their favorite song or dancing to the beat. These fans want to know how to make money. It's Friday, June 17th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one, kill please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We're live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan. Andrew is off today. So I'm sure you've noticed this week has been a rough one for the markets and pretty much everyone's portfolios. The S&P 500 was down 6% at the close on Thursday, on track for its worst performance since the COVID dooms month that was March of 2020. 11 sectors are down 15% or more from their highs. Investors are scared. It's scary out there. Fears of recession are flying around Wall Street. But one veteran is offering the rest of us some hope. Ron Barron, famed buy-and-hold investor, says this low point might be an opportunity. Sure, he has fewer worries than the rest of us. He's a billionaire, after all, but he is self-made, and his optimism could have a point. Barron Funds is an asset manager with 16 funds, almost $55 billion under management. Of that $55 billion, well over $6 billion are in Tesla shares. That's almost 11% of the firm's assets. For Ron Barron, a big bet on Tesla is a big bet on a different kind of future. It's a forward-thinking view of how tech can change the world, which is good context for a note that he sent Becky and Joe just this morning. I love Ron Barron. I don't think of him as a, I don't think about him as a market timer. I think about him as like a futurist, someone that in 1982 was able to identify trends that that are still prevalent today and stocks that would benefit from those trends. And as a result, he's a gazillionaire. Uh, This is interesting, Becky. I know you got this too. Um, He goes to talk about, uh, he was talking to his sons who got in the business like 20 years ago. So, Since then, you've had wars, the internet bubble burst, the financial panic, COVID panic, commodity inflation, and the stock market in 22 years has doubled. Do the internal rate of return on that. It's piddling, middling, it's nothing. Despite economic growth, it's been material and accelerating. And then, I've talked about this a lot, technology and biology. I mean, we've never had better quality of life in terms of biology, and we're on the cusp of even more life-extending technologies and making life better. So all those things, and we've doubled. 
So tell, tell investors now they have the same opportunity he had when he founded Barron Capital in 1982, and the Dow was 880. So anyone you can, get, get them to it, it, look at this as eventually an opportunity. Yeah, and by the way, you may have to have a very long view on things. It's not saying it's going to come back tomorrow. You're not going to make money overnight, which people have gotten used to the last right. several years. You can market. quote me if you'd like. Yeah, I did say that. Because when, when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, she did say this is okay, right? <laughs> he did say uh, it's okay. And then he actually followed it up with something else. His, oh, his, co-founder, his, his co-founder, Linda Martin, agrees yeah. with him. But, it, but it's true. If you, this is, you have to be invested in markets over long periods of time in order to really make your money work. It's, it, it's how things happen. It gets scary. And it doesn't mean if you put money in now that the market's not going to go down from here. But if you have a long term, if you have a long term perspective and you can put money in. And I, by the way, I'll say I did put some money in the S&P 500 this week. Um, I don't know if it's going to come back, but it's money that I don't need right now. You don't right know if now. it's going to come back immediately. If, if you live to be 100. Well, yes. It, I don't know if it's going to come back immediately. You don't put, the, the problem is, is you don't want to leverage things. You don't want to take money that you need today. You can't call direction in, in how long it takes, but you can probably be right about one or the other. I think we're, he mentioned 1982, 800 on the Dow. And we've you know, made fun of Jeremy Siegel calling him a permit bull. But he's not. How, uh, well, how about if you were a perma bear since 1982? There are a lot. I know them. They still try to get on the show. And, and Jeremy Siegel's not even a perma bear. He's not always. Positive. No, he never was. He's not a yeah. perma bull. But it would have. But I, you could call me a perma. But long term optimistic. Since long-term, 1982. Long term optimism. These are the traits that Jeremy Siegel has. It's something Ron Barron has. It's something Warren Buffett has. And you can never know if you're at the bottom. But speaking over the long haul, you want your money to work for you. There's a, there's a good piece here. Everyone should read. We need to remember what Reagan knew about economics. It's a little bit in the weeds, but it just talks about what, what happened uh, at that point. Any, the, the author says we're in a similar period right now where all these old, mothballed, progressive ideas about how to, to approach things have resurged. And, and it didn't, it, what Reagan did back then lasted 30 to 40 years. And it wasn't just Volcker. It was giving money a place where it can be treated well. You may not even have had to raise rates to cause a recession like Volcker. It would have happened just naturally when you, you know, he cut capital gains to 20%. It showed everyone the way forward. That's my opinion. And by the way, Ron has been right for decades and decades. Right. It may take a while for Ron. Yeah. But... I, I, I don't right. think of him as a market timer. And, and he's also somebody who has talked a lot about how inflation erodes the value of the dollar. Even when you're not facing 8-plus percent inflation like we are right now, every year, if you keep a dollar in the bank and you're not getting any interest on it, you're losing value over time. Because even if you're at the Fed's ideal rate of 2% inflation, your dollar's worth 98 cents of buying power next year. I guess the, the point of that arc I'm trying to understand it is that the money supply and the growth in the early 80s was blamed for too many dollars. But his his point was that Reagan then, the money supply was huge, but all those dollars suddenly found a place where they could be treated really well. So inflation plummeted much faster than people thought. We were at much higher levels then. Interest rates plummeted much, and and I remember that well, because all my genius clients didn't want to lock in 13% tax-free. Wow. That was 13 that was an option? Triple tax-free. State, local, and federal, 13%, 20-year munis. Tax-free, 13%. They, they said, no, 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 I want floating. So then, and they got floating, and it floated all the way down to, to, to 3%. You can imagine how much money you would have made. If it, and it came down very quickly. And then how long was fl- inflation gone? 
40 years. 40 years. It was gone for 40 years. And the, this, like I said, the author makes a point that maybe we didn't even need the recession that Volcker, if we had just let things go and, and created a, an opportune place for investment, capital investment. I think the Fed's doing the right thing by raising rates right now. Um, we need to address inflation pretty quickly, but I we'll guess see. his point is, is, is you just make the private sector attractive for investment, and then things take care of themselves. The dollars get soaked up that, that you had. Some new comments from President Biden on the state of the U.S. economy telling the Associated Press that a recession is, in his words, not inevitable. He also pushed back on assertions from Republicans that last year's COVID aid package is to blame for inflation hitting 40-year highs. The president said that the 3.6% unemployment rate is a reason for optimism. The, jo the jobs market is very strong right now, and we hope that continues. Keep hearing about layoffs. We'll see whether that happens in different you know, in all these tech industries individual in particular, areas, some other places too. Yeah, Coinbase. Elon Musk met virtually with Twitter employees at yesterday. He said that success at Twitter would mean a significant increase in daily active users, uh, potentially topping one billion. The company's most recently reported 229 million users. Musk addressed uh, remote work. He didn't say what the policy would be for Twitter. But he said his bias is strongly towards working in person. And he said layoffs of Twitter uh, would depend on its financial situation. He said the company needs to get healthy, but anyone who's a significant contributor has nothing to worry about. And Musk briefly diverted the conversation to uh, discuss aliens and human consciousness. He said he hasn't seen actual evidence of aliens. A source told it's different scene. than what China said yesterday. What China said yesterday. China said that they had heard on one of their huge satellites, this on the ground one, they heard some sort of interference that could be proof of life elsewhere, and then they re immediately removed the, the posting a couple hours later. He may have meant aliens around here. Do, would anyone, would well, any? He hasn't seen Times uh, Square then. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think anyone would, I mean, there must be gazillions of other civilizations. So the universe is so big, but it's just the distances are so vast and we're not that interesting. But otherwise it would be a great waste of space. I don't know space. what they'd be doing. Can you go in a wormhole and travel through a long... I don't know. I've never tried. <laughs> a source told CNBC that the majority of the reactions on Twitter's Slack messaging board were negative in nature, uh, with workers expressing worries about layoffs, remote work, and a reduced focus on content moderation. Uh, in inclusion and diversity. Coming up on Squawk Pod, gas prices, inflation, and big oil's big profits with California Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna. We are a oil surplus country, and yet we are totally dependent on the global price. That doesn't have to be the case. We'll be right back. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older like a family vacation or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. 
Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan, along with Becky Quick. Andrew's off today. Ahead of the Juneteenth holiday weekend, gas prices are hovering right near a record high, $5 a gallon. Our next guest says President Biden should uh, immediately call together a task force to work on lowering prices and addressing shortages in the economy. He encouraged uh, the president, he's encouraged that he's moving in the right direction after his letter to energy companies criticizing well above normal refinery profit margins. Joining us now, Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna of California. And Congressman, it, uh, it's always good to see you there. I'm, I'm wondering whether you've had any type of, of evolution in, in your thinking on this issue, given where we are right now. And you know what, what I'm, I'm referencing back in October uh, of last year, uh, when you were talking to some of these CEOs and praising BP and Shell uh, the CEOs for reducing their oil production over in Europe and saying, are you at this point embarrassed as an American company to Chevron CEO, are you embarrassed that your production is going up while the European, counter, while European counterparts are going down? Don't you want our companies, our domestic companies to increase production at this point? That was, that was clearly not, not the right uh, action to be uh, asking these, these CEOs to do back in October. It wasn't? Joe, it's, it's a fair question. I think we have to distinguish between the long-term and the short-term. Of course, we need short-term production to go up. What I was talking about in that clip, and if people see the whole testimony, is how do we diversify our energy sources uh, over the long run so that we're getting 1%, 2% going more into renewable energy. But short-term, there's no doubt that we need our production to go up. I have advocated that explicitly. Uh, and one of the ways we can do it is to have an export ban. Here's what I want to understand. We, why are we sending more oil to other countries when we have a pr problem here with supply? We never used to do that before 2015. We could have that ban now, and it would dramatically lower gas prices. We, we could have that ban right now, but it would really put the screws to our friends and allies in Europe who are dealing with some big problems caused by Vladimir Putin in Russia, and I don't think we want to do that. And, Ro, I think the honest answer, to the honest question on some of these things, too, are you, you want short-term production, not long-term, and I think we want... We want refineries to be able to pump out more gasoline right now because that's part of the problem. We don't have the refinery capacity. But those are not investments that businesses are going to make if we are telling them this is for the short term. We want them to spend billions of dollars to make additional investments that, by the way, we don't want those investments to continue producing a decade from now. It doesn't make financial sense. There are consequences when you say you don't want things over the long haul. It, businesses stop spending CapEx, and that's what the oil companies have done. It's, it, it, it's not... It's a little disingenuous to say we want you to produce short term, but then we're going to take away your ability to make money off those investments, those major investments we've asked you to make. Well, Becky, I think that's not what the position of the party is. The position is that we want to diversify. Look, if the oil companies had been honest about global warming and had diversified since the 1970s, we would have had much more stable prices. I don't see there any problem to say 1%, 2% of your long term investments should be in renewables and diversification. And the export ban would work for two reasons. Here's what the oil companies they say. They say we make light shale oil right now here. Uh, we, we, we don't produce the crude oil. Most of our refineries are for crude oil. But you could have a one-to-one -one exchange of the light oil 
to crude oil. Uh, and you could have an uh, exception for some of our European allies. I agree with you there. But why are we sending the oil to China? Why are we sending oil to, to other countries? We are a oil surplus country, and yet we are totally dependent on the global price. That doesn't have to be the case. But have you seen what's happened to natural gas prices since Tuesday? Congressman, since Tuesday, natural gas prices in Europe have gone up 50%. That's because of two things. One, the, refine, or the export facility in Texas that caught on fire, meaning we're not going to be shipping them any more LNG for months. The second is that the Russians have really put the screws to them and said, we can't ship them. They're claiming that there's some equipment that's gone wrong. But you know what's really happening here. 50% higher in Europe in four days. I mean, these are the people we're supposed to help fight Vladimir Putin right now. And, and, and this is what's happened to them. Sure. And I'm, I'm for supplying to our allies and some of our European allies. I'm not for supplying to China and to the rest of the world while Americans are paying six bucks at the pump. The other thing I said that the government could do is to have bought preemptively when the price of oil was low. Uh, I called for that when the price was in the low hundreds and then sell back to the American public at a subsidized price. Uh, every president has done that. Many of them have done that in the past. Uh, president Reagan did it with dairy prices. FDR did it. So there are tools we can take. But here's my view. I, my, my view is, of course, right now we need uh, to focus on lowering price uh, and uh, increasing uh, the oil supply. But long term, what's really going to bring price stability is more of the diversification of our energy sources. Well, there's a lot of people, Ro, that are congressmen that, that, uh, that think it's going to be at least 2050 uh, b before we uh, you know, can significantly lower fossil fuels, whether it's natural gas. And that's the other thing. Um, when a certain side looks at some of your ideas, they, they go, they pull in their hair out. Not only the export ban, but the windfall profits tax. They call these zombie ideas that we've tried back in the 70s and 80s under uh, President Carter, uh, President Nixon. And the idea that, that raising the costs through a windfall profit tax for oil companies is going to increase production is just economic gobbledygook. It, it would never happen if you raise costs that they're going to they already are, are worried about large capital outlays because they can't look at the future uh, in a positive way, given who's going to be in the White House and who's going to be in Congress. They can, the rug gets pulled out for them on these long-term projects. If you raise the cost with, with a, a windfall profits tax, it's going to, like it did back in the 80s and 70s, it's going to hurt production, not help production. Joe, let's look at uh, two facts. Uh, first, uh, look at the uh, charts in 1980, early 1980s, after Carter's windfall profits tax, you'll find that production actually went up and prices that was from went Alaska. down. No. Ro, that was from Alaska. We opened up Alaska. That, that, that's just conflating two different things that, that caused the well, big but, production but it, increase. But it didn't, the, the, the economists can debate it, but the prices didn't really go up and production down until the mid-1980s. That's when it was repealed, I mean, for the first few years. But the second point is this. Look, if the oil companies were making these extraordinary profits, and no one's denying I mean, President Biden has said they're making more money than God. If they were making all this money while uh, my constituents were paying six bucks at gas and they were putting that money in more refinery capacity or more drilling, I'd say, OK, but you know that's not what's going on. They're putting the money into sheer buybacks but in it, Wall Street. <laughs> it's, the, it's the policies of your party that are preventing them from wanting to use that money for that. And, and the exorbitant profits. I, I mean, what do we do with Google's profits? So they're, they're pretty good from, from time to time. Are you going to re reimburse the oil companies for those 
year after year where they, a lot of them went out of business because they couldn't even make any money? What, what do we do in, in lean times to these companies? Do we reverse the, the, the amount that, uh, that they've earned in good, uh, in good times? Do we somehow reimburse them for what they lost in bad times? What's a reasonable profit margin in your view? Rowan, you're a, you're a big capitalist out in Silicon Valley. Heck, you'd have to go to every one of those tech, all those tech companies are making way too much. They're all making more than 10% profit margins. And they have, no, they have zero capex. But right. Sorry, go ahead, Becky. Well, they, they have zero capex. It doesn't cost them money. I mean, they, they, tech companies are so strong because they don't have to put back in the, the money that you want the oil companies to put back into the ground. Well, look, here's the point. I have no problem with companies making a large profit. Uh, I have a problem when it's being caused by a national emergency. There is no doubt that the cause of one of the biggest causes is Putin's invasion uh, of Ukraine. And the point is, Americans are patriotic and they're paying a lot. And in a time of an emergency caused by that, I think the excess profits that that tax can go towards putting money in the, Congressman, in the pockets. You'd say the same thing about Pfizer and Moderna taking advantage of a pandemic to sell vaccines. You'd say Zoom shouldn't be making these products because everybody's at home and they're they're cashing in on on the pandemic. You have Netflix is doing too well because people are sitting at. You can, you can go on and on and on where what happens in good. There, there's things that are uh, helpful to companies and things that hurt companies depending on on the situation. I, I don't think they're. Uh, they're taking advantage of a crisis. Uh, the oil, the oil price is set not by U.S. companies. It's a, it's a global marketplace that set these, that sets these prices. Well, if we had an export ban, we'd have a little more independence. But look, I'm not questioning the motives. If, if I, I understand the oil companies; they're responsible for their shareholders. My point is, you've had Vladimir Putin invade Ukraine. The cause, of, the the consequence of that. One of the consequences is gas is at six bucks. There are other causes of inflation. But this is one of the reasons gas is going that high. And and why not use some of all the money that's being made? Why not have some tax on that and put it back in the pockets of American consumers? We keep talking about it, but it's never going to get out of committee. And it, for the last 20 years, we've been talking about reinstituting some type of windfall profits when it's never had any chance of getting anywhere. Oh, and we, and Boris Johnson did it. What's that? Boris Johnson did it in England. And, and now he, he wishes he hadn't because it's not working, he just said. We, I don't know. We're, we're, this is our first fight. This is our first fight. I don't know if we're going to... Don't, don't uh, kick me off your ticket, Joe. Don't, we're going to have to talk. Don't kick me off your ticket. Up. We're going to have to talk, yeah, if we're really going to be on a ticket together. Although we would cover, you know, we've got everyone covered in, in our ticket, kind of like the show here I on hope, certain I days. hope you were rooting for the Warriors last night. Big win. I bet on the the Giants a few times. I've been disappointed, but uh, other times other times I've been I've been happy uh, with with that. That was a that's a solid team you got there. That is a solid. How about uh, how about Green? Wow, talk about stepping up, right? And and the MVP. I, I Steve Kerr kind of bugs me from time to time, but uh, that's he's a, a good man. <laughs> he's a good man. You'd like him. That's You'd a, like him. You should have him on your show. He's a good guy. Right. from the Bulls. So. I just you know. I, I know he's got opinions. I have them too, but I never express mine. See you later, Rope. Never. See you. Thanks never. for having me. All right. You're welcome. Our shrinking violence. Yes. Right. Cheese will be next. Coming up on Squawk Pod, CNBC's Frank Holland on the message of financial freedom in Juneteenth celebrations. And hey, maybe a new idea. You're beating around the bush, Joe. Do you want to start a podcast with me? Is that what this is all really about? If you'll have me. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, 
No one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. One year ago today, June 17th, President Biden signed a bill marking the newest national holiday, Juneteenth. You see this assault from restrictive laws, threats of intimidation, voter purges, and more. An assault that offends the very democracy, our very democracy. We can't rest for the promise of equality is fulfilled for every one of us in every corner of this nation. That, to me, is the meaning of Juneteenth. That's what it's about. Celebrating the emancipation of the last enslaved Americans on the 19th of June in 1865, this final act of liberation happened two months after the official end of the Civil War. About 20 states are marking Juneteenth this year on Monday, closing state offices and giving workers the day off. Today on the pod, we have a look at the economic message in this commemoration. Here's Joe Kernan. Juneteenth is the holiday that commemorates the end of slavery in America. This year, a new generation of social influencers in the black community is emphasizing a message of economic and social justice. And Frank Holland uh, joins us now uh, with more. Good morning, Frank. Hey, good morning to you, Joe. More than one million people follow Earn Your Leisure on Instagram, watching videos about stocks, real estate, crypto, and much more. Others like Kezia Williams, Wall Street Trapper, and the master investor have financial education trending in the black community. Summer music festivals are back. But the crowd here in Philadelphia isn't cheering for their favorite song or dancing to the beat. Instead, they're here for a podcast, but probably not the kind you would think. You don't need a lot of people to become extremely wealthy. These fans want to know how to make money. I feel like this movement is getting bigger and bigger by the day. Um, it's going global. Longtime friends Troy Millings and Rashad Bilal launched Earn Your Leisure in January of 2019. Millings, a public school teacher, and Bilal, a financial advisor, joined forces with an aim to demystify investing for the black community. Imagine if we at the barbershop, we weren't arguing about who's the best basketball player. We were talking about the top companies, what that could do to a neighborhood or even the barbershop in itself. And so that was kind of the goal. Here's what you do. Open a brokerage account. Earn Your Leisure is part of a growing movement of financially focused influencers on social media these days. If you're trying to short this market now, you're late. All with a different niche. Learn how to diversify your portfolio. But the same goal of teaching the black community how to balance their books and build generational wealth. Now, you know, when they actually see people that can deliver the message and familiar faces in a familiar language. That's extremely important. Earn Your Leisure's popularity has been multiplying. More than a million followers hungry for tips on everything from stocks to real estate to cryptocurrency. 
Earn Your Leisure's clout is also on the rise. They land big-name guests for their podcast personalities like Steve Harvey. But these NFTs have been so interesting to me. And former NBA star turned financial maven Shaq. Everybody here is a CEO. The CEO is mental. Meanwhile, Millings and Bilal say they have plenty more up their sleeves. If you're not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. And I feel like, you know, our purpose is financial literacy and empowerment. Earn Your Leisure now wants to bring their unique brand of financial education to public schools. They believe lessons about money and building wealth should be a key part of every curriculum and especially a part of the conversation on this Juneteenth. Joe and Becky, back over to you. I just couldn't help but think how we need to somehow tap into this Frank at CNBC, um, we should be all, all over. I mean, we can provide this, can we not? Can we not be a great uh, source of, of financial uh, info and, and literacy? Did anyone ever say anything about CNBC? Do, do we hear Squawk Box? Did you hear well, anything? Well, absolutely. Wow, I mean, I there's obviously I a lot of crossover. Bo- yeah, there's, there's a lot of crossover in those two audiences. Earn Your Leisure and the other people were, were very happy that their story is going to be included on Squawk Box. They are all CNBC watchers. But, you know, there's there's diversity in your investments, Joe, I'm sure. I'm sure you invest in real estate, cryptocurrency, stocks. And then people also want diversity in where they're getting their information from. I will, I'm not going to be a name dropper, but I did have have a conversation with Shaq out at the Super Bowl. He was like, uh, well, number one, if he's there, so, you see him. So you are going to be a name dropper, just to be clear. <laughs> you are going to be a name dropper. Anyway, he's the CEO. He's like, <laughs> but Joe, I mean, like you're, you're beating around the bush, Joe. Do you want to start a podcast with me? Do you want to start a podcast with me? Is that what this is all really about? If you'll, if you'll have me, I don't. If you have me, I mean, I'd be, I'd be for it, absolutely, Frank. But uh, did you know that Shaq is like owns Reebok now? Shaq is like a major. Player. Shaq has, has been friends with Absolutely. Buffett for he owns a long Reebok. Time. He's, I believe he's on the board of Papa John's. He, he's involved in you know several big uh, publicly traded companies as well. But Joe, just to kind of circle back, um, congrats on the name drop. Congrats that you were talking to Shaq. But just in general, <laughs> I think just funny. people just need a, a variety of ways to get financial information. And everybody doesn't want to listen to the same person. There's just you want different perspectives, different ideas. And I think that's what earned your leisure. The Master Investor, Wall Street Trapper, Kezia Williams, et cetera, that's what they provide. I, I think it's important that it's going back to kids and, and doing this in schools, too, because the sooner that you teach people these things, the, the better kind of life plan they can make, too. And the earlier you save, the, the earlier you invest, the longer your runway is. That's really important, too, and I think that's great. And by the way, Shaq has done a lot to give back to schools and to to kids in the, these communities. And anyway, Frank, thank you. I mean, you. listen, finances are complicated. Thank you, Becky. Have a great day. Tell us the financial influencer or influencers that matter to you. Send us a tweet. Our handle is at Squawk CNBC. And we will be off on Monday. The nation's stock markets are closed in honor of Juneteenth. Squawk Pod will be back in your feeds on Tuesday. Have a good weekend. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.